God bless the World Cup. Thank you for that. Yeah, it's fun. And welcome to the Down the Front Podcast, the official podcast of downthefrontpodcast.com. We are pumped. We are excited. I am on the road. It is me and my best friend, Brylin. And tonight, what we'll be doing is we're giving you a full feature review of Oceans 8, one of the newest films in the Oceans sort of universe. Uh, and so we're pretty excited to talk about this movie. Uh, before we get into anything, what we normally do here at a Down in Front podcast is that we reveal movies, TV shows, all over a drink, and figure out what else we've been watching. So I'm going to toss it over to Brylin, the mouth of the South. How you doing, man? What you been drinking, and what you been watching? Uh, I'm doing well on this uh, very warm evening in Boston right now. We got some thunderstorms, and it's but it's 80 degrees outside, so it's a it's kind of like that southern style mix, which is why I'm drinking Arizona southern style sweet tea. It's uh, their second best flavor. What? You shut your mouth. Not, a, not <laughs> as good as the green tea. Fair. But um, it's not as good as homemade sweet tea, that's for sure. But it gets the job done when you don't have any sweet tea around. So I appreciate it for that. And it's only 99 cents. Prices on the can. Prices on the can. Absolutely. Arizona, hit us up. We want that sponsorship. <laughs> but uh, what I watched, like, all last week, I've missed so much TV because I was watching coverage of E3 2018, uh, the big conference where all the major uh, video game uh, console makers and developers announced what are the big games coming out for the rest of the year and uh, some things to look forward to to next year as well. And I felt that this E3 was interesting because... Probably wasn't as many games as this year, but there was um, a lot of good quality games and a lot of games to get you interested in. Um, Definitely, without a doubt, there was definitely a standout, which I can't wait to play this game. I've watched the trailer for it like more times than I watch movie trailers, and that's Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. It looks mind-blowing amazing. This might be the first... Uh, video game that actually like captures like if you ever see like in a movie like a scene of uh, people walking across the street like normal background scenes in a lively breathing city that's how it feels when you actually watch the trailers that it's not just like one or two people walking down the street it's hundreds of people doing random things and everything it it's mind-blowing how it looks and I can't wait to play it that's awesome and when is it uh, yeah. released out uh, no release date yet. It's still early in development. Uh, it's going to be a PC game. It's the only way you can actually uh, push the graphics that they're going for in this game. Uh, but they say they're going to release it for PS4 and Xbox One, so uh, they'll probably get decent versions of it as well. There you go. Um, but then they also announced uh, some other cool things like Fallout 76 is a multiplayer Fallout game that's coming out this fall. I think in October, and that seems like it'd be pretty fun. I was really disappointed in Fallout 4, so hopefully they 
bring a better experience this time. Really? I know I'm in the minority when it comes to that. <laughs> I was about to say, like, I don't play the game, but I know, you know, the two other podcast members of Blue and um, Guillermo, like, are obsessed with that game. So they probably would have been, they probably would be screaming right now at how angry they are. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, it, it's, it's a matter of how you tell a story. Uh, I felt Fallout 3 was amazing. Uh, Fallout 4 just fell on its face when it came to its storytelling. Uh, but there's another cool game. What's really cool is, like, not a lot of sequels were, like, uh, speaking to me. It's a lot of original content, too. One of the other last games I'll mention is Ghost of Tsushima. And this game looks amazing. Uh, this uh, game looks like the old Akira Kurosawa films, if you're playing in one. Uh, so it not, they do things with the camera work in it where it looks like like if they're having like a two people face each other for a sword fight, kind of like almost like a showdown and a, a showdown for a gunfight or something that like you see in Westworld. They have like that mid shot from behind the back hmm. while you're playing the game and it the sun rises in the back just slowly moving and it looks brilliant i can't wait to play that Oof. I mean, that's that's gonna be on the ps4 <sighs> I'm, only, I'm only addicted to monster hunter so i'm really trying not to but <laughs> I, I may i may dabble into something else besides monster hunter so that's awesome yeah it's good it, it looked like a lot of fun and there's a lot of, i think there's gonna be a lot of cool things come out soon good to know, good to know. and then super smash brothers i heard that was like Another thing in Mario yeah. Party. Yeah, Smash Brothers Ultimate. So, yeah, you're going to have every player from every Smash Brothers game in it. They had a Ridley from Metroid and the Inklings from Splatoon as well. So, <laughs> have your pick of the litter of whatever characters you want to play. It's supposed to be faster than Smash Brothers on Wii U. So really? Should be good. Oh, that's going to be crazy. That's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, I've never played a Mario Party game, but it's actually going to have online play. Brylin. So Come. it might be neat to play. Come on, Mario Party is that <laughs> fire. It's so good. How do you not play that game? Um, um, I guess it just wasn't on my radar. Fair. That's all. That's okay. It is an amazing game. Um, I would I would forgive that. It, it is an amazing game. It's very fun. Very easy to lose friends on that game, so... That's probably why I that's, like it. That's probably why I didn't play it, because I heard about so many fights that broke out while people were playing it. I mean, same thing happened with Super Smash Brothers. Let's be let's be honest here. So True. And, yeah. Mar- and Mario Kart. Probably more so Mario Kart than Smash Brothers. So there you go. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for uh, ha- hanging out. Uh, I'm super pumped. Uh, my name is Warren. I will be your host for this evening. I am currently sipping on Apothic Crush very good uh, wine blend. I had some uh, pizza yesterday, so I thought it was going to be a great, great food pairing for that. So hashtag sip to that, and thank you for that. Um, as far as I've been watching, I have been continuing my binge. I have been watching some other movies, uh, but nothing comes close to watching Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Uh, and uh, I just completed season number one, and I think season one is 15 episodes, and the last ones I'm talking about, they're talking about are building a opera. And I love the fact that he titled this show, uh, like each week he titles the, like what he's doing that week and they're talking about building the opera, but sometimes it doesn't even talk about that. Like the week before he was talking about jealousy and like that really much talked about jealousy and like handwriting and things like that, where this one was building an opera and people being different. 
And there was a line in it that said, you know, uh, Daniel the Tiger is talking and Daniel Tiger goes, yeah, it's funny, you know, how come uh, we all look so different on the outside, but we all feel the same and are look so different, look so the same and so similar on the inside. Why can't we just like all get along sort of thing? And I was like, <laughs> oh, Daniel Tiger. <laughs> Daniel Tiger, goddammit. He's the best. He's the best. So innocent. It's such a good show. Uh, I have been like literally falling asleep to it every day. I brought my iPad. I've been just, like just, just awesome. It's such a good yeah. show. I'm excited to binge that show. I think I have about 640 episodes left, but uh, I got time. I got time. Yeah. I, I um, I haven't seen the documentary yet, but one thing I always thought was impressive when I was watching it as a kid. I mean, the whole land of make believe stuff is amazing. But when Mr. Rogers, like, brings someone on a show, it was, it was never, like, a celebrity or something. It's always, like, he just went outside and said, hey, officer so-and-so, would you like to come talk about public safety? Yeah. And it's just a random cop. Yeah. And the person talks like a normal human being. And I think that's just part of the magic of that show. Because they're all neighbors. really cool. Like, yeah, yeah. Mr. McFeely, like, speed delivery. I'm just going to show you this, like, video. All right, see you later. Bye. I was like, oh, come on. That's so good. It's so natural. Yeah. It's just so fun. He built that community just from the random characters and his amazing voices. So, uh, audience, be aware, I will be talking about Mr. Rogers for a lot of episodes from now on. So that's yeah. the only thing I want to be talking about on this podcast. Um, yeah. So you, if you're not watching neat. it, check it out. Yeah, and I think it's neat. My four-year-old nephew, he's obsessed with the animated Daniel Tiger show they have on Amazon Prime. Man, I never even heard of this show until yeah. my roommate and now Derek go, friend, Derek Song, friend of the podcast, of course, was like, oh yeah, Daniel Tiger is like a thing. And I'm like, what? Yeah. I, I, really? <laughs> he's like, and they have like songs and it's it's they have like their own make-believe it's all these things that he does it's like oh my gosh that's gonna be so awesome so i need to check it out yeah so i'm excited to get your view on oceans eight so this was one of the movies that i think a lot of people going into it were a bit hesitant and a bit scared to watch it you know they definitely felt like it was the ghostbusters um of the 20th i think 16 um ghostbusters of this year uh, in which Ghostbusters mean they kind of basically did a gender swap of all the characters. And so now Ocean's 8 stars all uh, female and women uh, actresses. Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanche, um, uh, Rihanna. Uh, there's a bunch Aquafina. of people. Aquafina. Yeah, that's Aquafina. <laughs> what? That's, like, that's the lady's name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. So it yeah. stars a lot of actresses. Uh, so, you know, before we get into the review, you know, we'll we'll keep it to a bit of a, like a non-spoilery section here. And, Brylon, I, I would say, like, what's some of your thoughts that you had going into this movie? And, you know, out of the other three Oceans movies, uh, 10, 11, and 12, um, how do you feel about those movies? And what were some things that you were excited about going into this one? Um, when it comes to Ocean series, I mean, I definitely loved them. I love heist films like this. And uh, Ocean's Eleven is definitely the standout when it comes to those uh, films. Um, I feel like uh, the others, I mean, this is the hard thing about heist films. It's hard to keep them fresh. So uh, I felt that Ocean's Thirteen was good, but not as good as the first one. Ocean's Twelve was just, it, it just tried to 
do a lot of weird things that I didn't really enjoy. And they put it in Europe and they added so many different characters that it just got a little too ham-fisted, I thought. Uh, and I find that I feel that this film kind of is on par with Ocean's 13. It's a solid heist film. It's just uh, kind of like a little too convenient when it comes to the building of the heist itself. Uh, and I, I found it always to be a fun, enjoyable series just because you have these characters with different personalities and it's fun to see them actually interact with one another and going through these planning phases and it's they're always shot really well. There's always really good just scenes of like whatever city they're in or just nice uh, uh, shots of just showing like the colors of a casino or uh, for the instance, like showing the... Um, showing just the glitz and glamour of something like the Met Gala or for the upper, I think this is the upper side of New York where the Met is and everything because mm-hmm. they kind of focused on that area of New York. And yeah, showing just like that, that architecture around there and just that part of the Central Park it, and just the difference of the greenery and everything I found was actually visually uh, sharp as well. So it definitely had that feel and that vibe of an oceans film, which I think it fits really well into, um, into the series. I think, yeah, you could watch all those first three movies and go right into this one and not feel like anything's different. Yeah. I mean, and I, I misspoke. There's no oceans 10. There's an oceans 11, 12 and 13, but you know, I definitely yeah. going to agree with a lot of your things. I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy the ocean oceans movies a lot just because of the diversity that they showed and how much fun it felt like those you know a-list actors you know were having and even the jokes that they were making you know in the second one talk about julia roberts and matt damon you can see him as like an a-list actor but being like a child yeah. like he had to like earn his keep sort of thing so i was yeah, very matt i was very interested damon playing a a criminal playing Matt Damon. Yeah, exactly. It was, it, was, it was very fun. I really enjoyed those characters a lot. I mean, I, I think I go back and watch those movies a good amount. Um, so I'm definitely going into this movie. I, I definitely had a bit of the, um, uh, th- uh, like a couple of concerns in the back of my mind of, you know, is it going to be trying to do something different? Is it going to do something the same? Like, how are they going to build these characters? But then I thought, I thought about it of, you know, the Ocean's Eleven movie. I had no idea who any of these characters were. So it'd be awesome to see, like, give them all like a platform where they can like launch off their characters and like neat like small like different like tricks and sort of like personality traits that each one of these characters have so that's something i was like looking forward to and of course uh, i didn't know what the i didn't know what it was about but i do know uh i was excited to see like there's going to be some sort of twist right so that was something that i was kind of interested in so definitely going to this movie i was really excited uh, and i still am excited even after watching it yeah so with that, we're going to take a quick small break. This is for everybody who haven't seen the movie yet. So if you haven't seen Ocean's 8 it's in theaters right now, definitely go check it out. Uh, definitely bring um, kids to this movie. We can talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, just to see if it's giving you the correct message or not. So we will be back with a full <laughs> review of Ocean's 8.
Via the Down in Front podcast here. Um, my name is Warren. I'm also with Brylin. And what we're going to be doing is giving you a full review of Ocean's 8, directed by Gary Ross. Um, this guy directed, uh, and wrote, he directed and wrote The Hunger Games. He also wrote, and we found out, um, Big back in 1998, which was pretty cool, in Pleasantville. So he definitely has some things under his belt. It is interesting to think that he actually hasn't had any movies um, since The Hunger Games, which was like a while ago, so I'm really interested to see how long that he's been working on um, doing Ocean's 8. Um, so the way that we're going to be talking about it is like, we'll talk about a bit of the acting and the characters, um, then we're going to go into the plot a little bit, and then any other kind of extra tidbits that we want to talk about. So I'll toss it over to Brylin. It says, Brylin, talk to me about some of the actors and characters for our Ocean's 8. Alrighty, so we got eight characters to, and a little bit more to talk about here, but um, I would say overall feelings on the cast, I thought this was a solid group of actresses to bring together for this type of film. Uh, you have a lot of uh, different personalities and a lot of um, actors that can bring some cleverness to them, and some actors I've never known before that I've never seen act that actually brought a lot of cool things to it. Um, I think uh, when it comes to the main character, uh, Debbie Ocean, Sandra Bullock's character, uh, she has some good character moments. I thought they actually did a really good job showing her cleverness, uh, especially with like the shoplifting scenes, how she does the reverse, like try to return something and doesn't get the money back. And then she's like, fine, I'll take them. Can I have a bag, please? And just she just robs the place just to have things to take a bath and have new clothes and stuff like that. So I was like, that was a neat little trick. <laughs> um, I enjoyed like her, like speaking German during the uh, Met Gala, like especially to Heidi Klum, just, it just showed like some smoothness to her character. Cause she's supposed to be Danny Ocean's sister and kind of like a part of that same type of uh, devil may care attitude, but always 10 steps ahead of everybody else. Um, but I felt like when she was saying a joke or, um, interacting with people, it just came off very bland and it was very dry. And so I don't know if that was purposeful or if they wanted to, uh, they were trying to capture some of like that Clooney charm and cleverness. And I just felt like she was trying to force it through too much. Yeah. I, I get more of the along the lines of trying to be a Clooney. Um, yeah. and really trying to be not even a Clooney, right? Like, cause we see that she was really trying to mimic the, I don't know, like maybe, I don't know if like stoic was the word, but it was just something that he was like, he would have like this mysteriousness about him. That's like interesting, but it's not sinister. You know, it's, it's something like he knows a lot more than he's leading on to. Um, and it felt like she was trying to emulate that so quickly because we just introduced to this character, this brand new character that gets out of jail, and she just immediately yeah. starts too strong on it. Uh, and it they just have, felt like sometimes it was too much. kind of the same intro, too. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, it's kind of a little bit too much. Like, I wanted to have, like, a, a casual sort of buildup or something different, you know, like, be super bubbly, but at the same time still not share too much right like i think that would have been kind of interesting to talk uh, to to see yeah uh, but on the uh, flip side of that um i loved helen bottom carter's um fashion um designer uh she uh, is a lovable goofball and uh helen bottom carter plays these type of characters really well 
I thought it was cool to see how vulnerable she is and how she like kind of grows and gets stronger and stronger throughout the movie. Uh, and that she actually starts to like come up with ideas because she, she's like kind of just like desperate at first, but then she's like, okay, I'm into this. I want to like kind of help out a bit of the way. Yeah. Let's stick it to the man where we can. Yeah. Um, and I also thought, um, along with her, she interacts with Anne Hathaway a lot. And I, Anne Hathaway is amazing in, like, pretty much any role I've seen her. So she's able to play this snobby actress really well. But also, uh, when they start to give the big reveal at the end, she has a really nice twist on that, too. And uh, that she's able to, like, just carry this presence about her that's always really good, even when she's throwing up in the bathroom. (laughs) It's a very, like... Um, uppity and snobbish way of throwing up too which I thought was funny um, but uh, like Rihanna I've never seen her act in anything before I thought she was fantastic in, as Nineball like just like this you know what y'all, y'all are thinking it's a challenge it's not it's it's easy watch this and she does this really cool stuff it, uh, with it, hacking did you seem like she was acting or just or being herself yeah no I was like I don't know what kind of persona, like, I enjoyed their persona, but I'm like, I don't know if you're acting or just you're in this movie and I'm like, wow, I know I'm cooler than everybody, so I'm just yeah. going to act like it. Like, like the reaction to her having the big blunt is like, uh, I think, like, Sandra Bullock came out in that scene and she's like, wait a minute, are you smoking now? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe she did surprise him with that, who knows? But man, I mean, I don't, it, it's amazing to me that Rihanna, she's in kind of plain clothes pretty much the whole movie, but when they have their walk away from the Met Gala and they all have to dress up and everything to sneak by security, how does Rihanna suddenly is ten times better looking than anybody that went <laughs> to that Met Gala? And her dress is supposed to be just like a like a dress off the rack type of thing. Yeah, yeah that's I, something I, mean, I, I guess. When you got it, you got it. I'm interested to kind of talk about that in a little bit because there's a couple of beats um, in the movie that I thought were fun, and then there's some I'm like, mm, I think I mean it went too a little bit too far, especially what what message that they were trying to send. But um, when I first saw that, I was like, oh, of course, and that's hilarious. You know, I, I really like that the moment of um, that they have in like the stardom because they're like, you know, when that successful heist works, you just walk away with unscathed, uh, and I think that's that they, they did that pretty pretty well. So I think it was pretty cool. Yeah. And um, I think uh, Sarah Paulson, I mean, I, I just, she plays the same character every time and she does it really well, which I'm not mad at her for that. I just, uh, maybe it'd be cool to see her do something different. She's always playing like this very um, perfect, like suburbanite lady that has like a darker part of herself. And she, it's funny how she brings like the bubbliness to, um, like even doing the criminal stuff compared to like just doing everyday stuff with her kids and stuff like that. She has the same approach. Um, and then we have Aquafina, who at first kind of like getting on my nerves because she sounded like she smoked 20 cig- packs of cigarettes uh, before she did this movie, but she kind of grew on me at the end. She did have some good character moments. Uh, and Mindy Kaling, I felt uh, just needed... Uh, there's a bit more character development. Her character just seemed to be there ready for the most convenient time for the heist. Um, 
But uh, I think there was a big letdown with Kate Blanchett. And I wanted, I, I mean, if you look back at Ocean's Eleven, you have that relationship with Danny and Richie. And Richie has these, like, mannerisms. And Richie does a lot of different things in the heist. And he's always eating things. He has this weird, <laughs> these weird quirky things. But he's also still cool as hell. He's the coolest guy in the room. Uh, but um, Kate Blanchett, they try to dress her up like that. Uh, she has one good moment, I think, when she's talking about, like, cutting the vodka so she can serve it to yeah. people that are drunk. Yeah. As like, add to that. I mean, that's... That's part of that's a cool part of her character, and then she just becomes just like this stylish sidekick that's hanging around and doesn't really get much to do except like drive the van around, like she's the getaway person. Um, but one of the few men that's actually in this movie, James Corden, as soon as he hits the screen, this movie actually gets a lot better. It becomes very energetic. It becomes lively. It becomes fun. And you gotta, and he actually creates a character that I'm a lot more interested in. That I want to see, like, what his character is all about. I want to see like these past like ways he's actually defeated the oceans at their own game. Uh, that makes it so he's not in it for long, but he definitely makes the ending of the movie a lot more enjoyable than the rest of the movie. I mean, yeah, definitely going to agree with you going back to one of the points you were talking about of, you know, I really wish, I think the one thing that this movie needs a bit more was a little bit time with the characters and a little bit less time talking about um, Sandra Bullock's character um, because it really kind of, you know, George Clooney in Ocean's movies isn't the main character. It's like the ensemble, it's the cast who's the main character. And I think it was how it was also designed. We'll talk a little bit about the plot, but I think the one thing that was helpful is, you know, if, you know, Debbie Ocean had a little bit less time talking about how she got here, all that stuff, and each character has a bit more time to do more than one thing. You mentioned Helena Baum Carter, who plays Rose Weil, who's like a fashion designer, right? And we we see a clip of her of... Her fashion show looks like it's going pretty terrible and then like you see we get some more time with her but Mindy Kaling is only done for one thing even Rihanna has a couple sequences that she's done about a bit more and I'm wondering if it's just because it's Rihanna right yeah <clears throat> but Sarah Paulson's character only does like one thing and even looking at Aquafina realistically doesn't even get any time to shine at all uh, and sadly, but true, but Kate Blanche's character, the one time that she gets to shine, they bring in Yen's character from the Oceans movie to help them out and to actually complete the heist. And it was, it, it felt a bit, I was kind of frustrated because I thought, you know, this was one, and I think even Debbie Ocean says in this movie, of, oh no, we're not going to use men for this. Like, women can do it. It's fine. I'm like, oh, yes, I like that style. I like what you're necessarily doing. Um, and I think they even uh, put something in this movie of, you know, you can have the person who is, like, super nerdy, right? You can have, like, the super nerdy person that's really into um, computers but still look great. And that's, like, with Rihanna's character. Um, or you yeah. can have, like, these uh, you can have these people that you just maybe not, you, you're not entirely sure of, but they can still have all the confidence in the world. Or uh, somebody who you think that she has it all, but she still wants more and more, and that's more Sarah's, Sarah's pulse as a character. So I think it was interesting to see that, you know, the 
the less men in this movie, I think it was the better. But then the introduction of James Corden, I was like, oh, why is he in this movie? And I just couldn't see him as the adjustment or the uh, insurance guy. Uh, I just thought it was kind of, I, I didn't know he was, I didn't realize he was in this movie. Um, so when he showed up, I was yeah, like, me I'm not, I'm, I'm not believing that at all. It just looks like you're another famous <laughs> face. And we all, we literally just got done seeing a lot of famous faces. The one thing you can do is not have another famous face that we have to then believe has been in the, like I just I, I felt it a bit a bit distracting so I was kind of bummed um that you know they introduced him so late in the game um and then it felt like the story kind of like it had breath but then the story also like came back and I was like man this movie's ending like if it would have started at that if it would have started there then we would have kind of figure out what happened and he would have been like narrating this entire time and maybe his way was like going through and like finding the story out through the entire thing would be interesting but you know i still had fun with it so i thought it was kind of great to to see that i liked it i like a lot of the characters in this movie and i like a lot of the acting in it too especially from people like rihanna has been in movies they've just been terrible so this is by far like the best uh version of uh a movie that i've seen her in and she she gets like some pretty kind of simple lines but i thought it was kind of fun so i thought it was pretty cool yeah, uh, yeah. Just mentioning again, like, um, yeah, I can see how like that's kind of heavy-handed. What your and your point about that uh, could have been cool if it's like they went to Yen and maybe he has a cast on his leg. He's like, uh, well, here's my daughter, type of thing, and maybe that could have been Aquafina's right? introduction. Well, I mean, uh, but one one cast member, like original Ocean's cast member, I actually loved their cameo was Ruben. Oh, I thought. I mean, I thought it was great to have Ruben. If you're going to pick someone from the original Ocean's cast, he probably makes the most sense because he he was kind of like that guy that, yeah, he bankrolled the Ocean's Eleven team, uh, but he was never, like, directly involved in the heist when it happened. He just benefited off of it, and so he kind of was the guy that was there to make sure none of them got busted. Um, which they were kind of missing that character in this movie too. Is all on Debbie to do everything, and it was all. Uh, I mean, it was like Debbie Ocean and then her seven assistants. It wasn't Ocean's Eight. Um, it was. Um, it, but that Ruben part, it was a. It's it was a good way of connecting this world to mm-hmm. the Ocean's Eleven world. I thought that was very fitting. Yeah, I like I like that part too because it was kind of unexpected too, and it was yeah. also unexpected to know that and we learned that Danny's died, so I thought yeah. that was interesting to see. Um, and that was just something that just I don't know if they kind of glazed over it, but that was definitely like a oof, like a rude awakening sort of thing. So I thought it was a pretty good way to kind of introduce that that reintroduce the character back into this world because one of the last times we see that he was practically on his deathbed, you know, but he comes back yeah. and uh, it's nice to see. Uh, him come back and hopefully from things to come will be pretty cool. So, I mean, the only other things that I will be kind of talking about is um, I just wanted, you know, better, like, just better cameos. Uh, I felt like they had a lot of these uh, actors and actresses that was there, but they just didn't do anything. They were just kind of, it was kind of there, you know, for the Met Gala. Like Katie Holmes was at the table. Yeah, just I was like, at least I got her seating arrangement right. Yeah, oh <laughs> yeah so uh, uh, I think the one thing I was like, I wanted them just as a as a whole, just to have more fun with the movie. Um, it definitely felt like 
they were fighting against themselves a lot um, with trying to force different pieces of dialogue, trying to force situations, trying to force different things, which um, I'm not sure why, you know, and I'm wondering, and I'll be interested to see if there's like recuts and re-edits and things like that. And we even mentioned Yen of, I think it would have been pretty cool to see Yen like be, maybe being, you know, Kate Blanche's teacher because everybody has something, right? And I'm, wonder, I'm wondering, you know, what was Kate Blanche's talent? Like we don't, we don't quite know um what uh rusty's talent was but we know that he's good for he he was like flipping homes or something like that at one point so we know he was good for something he was like he was very smart and he definitely got yep. it but um the one cool thing that i just i do enjoy and i think megan uh make megan arno called this out was the fact that in the oceans movie the oceans you know 11 through 13 they kept messing up. They kept failing. They kept failing. They they always kept messing up. Whereas this was a pretty pristine movie, and women just yeah. got better. Um, so I'm like, you know, I wonder if that was like less of more of the comedic beats that it could have been to see them fail and like work through some things, um, or you know, we'll talk into it. We can start talking about plot for right now. Of, you know, did it seem like some things were just kind of ended or kind of uh, wrapped up too quickly and a bit too easy. And I'm wondering if that was, you know, without that failure, that's where we're going to get some time to breathe and see more of how these characters could work through some of these things, you know. And um, even the part when we when they actually give some time to for us to see, uh, you know, how reverse hacking, you know, we can, like, look at somebody's Facebook and create a profile and use this camera. You can see how Rihanna's yeah. character at Nine Ball does all this. I was like, oh, that was that was pretty cool. I like that. But, you know, there's no really character moments. It's just a cool way of seeing that this is how somebody probably gets your personal information, you know. Uh, but what about the uh, what about the plot? Uh, what about some thoughts you have from there? Uh, so, yeah, I think you uh, touched on it a bit. Uh, but, yeah, the heist itself, um, they go through the planning phase and they go through um, Debbie Ocean's like vision for this and she has this piece of paper that has like these 10 points that, that really if you look at it closely they really don't like read as like a heist plan it's more of just like these random code words I guess she has mm -hmm. that she's or just feelings she's trying to accomplish and um, you're right I mean the heist does go off too convenient there are moments in this film where they have these magic glasses that'll scan like the jewels and then automatically 3D print out cubic zirconia um, like replicas of them. So you can just automatically just plus all the facets and the <laughs> and the necklace and the the latch and everything. We don't on it. we don't and have to like, talk about that stuff. <laughs> so it's just like oh, magically there. How about that? Um, and it's um, and like yeah they. They are definitely not the uh, Ocean's Eleven, where it's more of like relying on their own like personal skill set. They got a lot of tech in this movie. Um, one thing I thought was really weird was how Mindy Kaling's uh, character she goes undercover as a chef in the in the kitchen for the Met Gala, uh, and when she has to actually refit all the jewels of this uh, this necklace that they're trying to steal she conveniently has in the medicine cabinet 
all her jewelry stuff. She just like plops it down and goes to work. And I was like, how did nobody find that out? I'm no. sure someone would, had to grab a Q-tip or a Band-Aid at one time. <laughs> I thought I really I, liked, I really, really enjoyed that part though. Like that's it's the, a funny visual. Ex- exactly. That's a, those are the funny <laughs> bits that I was like, I really wanted to see more. You know, you talked about the Kate Blanchett of um, her refit, like making sure that they water down the vodka. And you talk like we talked about, you know, the Sarah Paulson's character of how she has all this stuff in, you know, how do you explain this to your husband, eBay, right? I yeah. like these funny bits. These are things that we're gonna latch onto and like start loving these characters for. And if Mindy's kid, Mindy Kaling's character is this person that can like just basically do anything with like jewels, right? If that's like her shtick, then she would have literally went there way before they would have had a blocked off you know what would have been really cool though hold up i think this would have been what this would have helped if they would have said like you know toilets clogged or something like that and had like a employees only bathroom that nobody can go in like a, some sort of sign up front because then yeah. she goes in like sets it up that would have made a bit more sense or but out of order or something order. like that something gross right so she would have went in there like oh oh, oh it stinks and this is like how she had that so she set it up but I like the fact that she just had all those tools. I was like, that, I mean, come on. Like, they used, <laughs> they used a, a baby changing tray to cut these jewels in half and, like, basically create all this other jewelry for her. Like, that's, that's pretty awesome. And that's pretty amazing to the fact that not many men use those things. Like, I think that's more like a thing of, like, what women use. And I think that was another really, really strong point of, you know, them just using that. Uh, that ability, so I thought that was really fun. Yeah, uh, I mean, there, there's some other things that um, I thought were like just missed opportunities. Like, there's a great moment where Rusty has to make a kebab for a couple because they're they're uh, in disguise as a food truck and they're using it where Rihanna can hack into things. Um, but uh, like these two people knock on the window, hey, hey, can we? We got cash. Can you feed us? Like we're at, we're at, we're closed. It's after hours. Like come on. It's like that New York attitude type of thing. It's like you're there. You can make something for me. Why don't you? <laughs> and I, I like that. That was funny. Um, I thought like Rihanna's sister. I mean that was a weird like beat to wrap up. Like what they what could have been like a really cool like hurdle that they could have had in the middle of the heist. Like if they didn't even know about the magnetic lock until they were actually in the Met Gala, Mm -hmm. that could have been like a really cool, clever thing of just like, Hey, we got to put our brains together right now to figure out how the hell to get this off. Yeah. Um, Instead of like, Oh, round sister's going to hop on the train and build the device you need while she's on the train and just hand it to you before you go do your job. Um, That was too easy. Yeah, and way I th- too easy. And I, I, I definitely would have agreed. You know, alluding to the points that I was talking about before, of I think you know you can not have them fail at something, but you know you can't plan for everything. And we kind of see the fact that they had a plan and didn't work, and it just so happened to notice that when she finally fitting the necklace on, that there's a clasp onto it. But I'm like. I understand they kept saying that this necklace hasn't been out for 150 years or some sort of crazy long time, but... 50 years. Okay. But somebody should have done a little bit of homework on this to know that it's not a regular clasp necklace, right? Um, Yeah. And so, or, you know, maybe they just, maybe it's an oversight. Okay. Well, we need to have a, a, 
a bigger creative way besides just calling somebody and be like, oh, okay, cool, we got it. Yeah. So you I come up with your iPhone. It's like here it is. Yeah. Call someone and fix it. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, and I, I mean, I think that's one of the things that this movie like consistently kept doing. It kept showing that there's a problem, but then finding a very very easy solution pretty quickly. That the resolution just came and went, and then that was it. Um, and I was kind of bummed about that. You know, I think that's those moments that we live with these characters and seeing them because they're very, very smart, right? They're intelligent. We know that they're capable of doing whatever they want. Um, but to, to the fact that they had to do something like that to bail themselves out, which kind of a bummer. Yeah. And uh, just just another missed opportunity was like when they are like all of them pretty much had to go undercover in a certain role or something. I mean, add to like them trying to learn what those roles are. I thought those would make for funny character moments, like uh, show us more of Sarah Paulson's like interview of getting into Vogue magazine. Like, I mean, who would expect that? Like a couple of weeks before the Met Gala, you're going to put this lady in charge of pretty much the biggest like detail oriented roster of like the most exclusive um, dinner you're about to host for the world. Yeah. And it, I mean, it is like more that like easy type of access to things. Uh, but um, if they are going to put in these roles, like let's have Mindy Kalen like do some funny things, being a chef, or let's have uh, let's have uh, Rihanna like kind of like serve serving food from the food truck. Rihanna and Rusty doing their thing. Um, the one thing I thought was really awesome though was like. Uh, just being able to use the, like you said, the Facebook page to uh, actually use psychology to think about, okay, what are we going to do to get this guy to be vulnerable on his work computer? And just find out that this dude loves Westies. He's just obsessed with Westies. <laughs> just building a website that's just like the ultimate Westie website to get him to just actually click on it at work even though he knows like i shouldn't do this but i'm going to and he clicks on it and starts playing the music and seeing all the westies videos and stuff um i thought that was a great funny bet that they had um there's a big subplot with all this that debbie ocean is doing all this not only to get the necklace uh, not only to get the crown jewels that they were showing was which which was I mean easily a dead giveaway that they were gonna rob those too and they didn't even show that until the 10 seconds of show again take them and work with rusty to get them but also to get back you at said rusty you mean Lou right Lou I mean sorry <laughs> you keep saying rusty it's like he's not in this oh, movie yeah. sorry uh Lou um but also, Debbie, even though she's denying it, getting back at an ex-boyfriend. And I think this is, like, a big difference between this and, like, that first Ocean's Eleven was um, Danny Ocean's motivation was to see if he could do it. And that's it. And Danny Ocean was very hands-off. He's walking through the casinos. He's playing little big card games. He's putting tokens into... Um, he's putting tokens into... Uh, the uh, slot machines, but he's not really all dove into it. He's not scout. He's sort of scouting locations, but also he's just uh, 
giving like the security things to freak out about because he is the most hope high profile and he knows that uh which debbie should have been the most high high profile but nobody knows her until uh except for her ex-boyfriend and for james corden's character those are the only two people that know who she is Mm -hmm. in this movie and granted this is not a casino this is a totally different arena which i think is really cool to have it in something like the met gala um but uh you would think that someone of her notoriety would have either fans or have um people that are like or at least if you have the best security people on the planet watching after these jewels would know who she is in a heartbeat because that she has a reputation to build up on not only does she know who she is, but I have know and have a list of all her accomplices. Yeah. Because that Absolutely. also would mean Lou uh, and Sarah Paulson's character, and I think that's maybe Mindy, Mindy Kaling's character, too. I think that was, yeah. they, they've done a job together before, and all the other ones are kind of new. Um, but you'll have the, you, like, just, you know, again, you know, we'll, I'm talking about, you know, the things that we've seen in the other Oceans movies of immediately when Danny got, you know, flagged, everybody else was, like, on a red flag alert. Uh, and so it's, you know, it's a, a couple of things that you're like, hmm, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see why they did that. And I like the fact that they wanted to do something different, you know, do something different, but go all, go all in of something different. Don't do it kind of the same. And doing a movie about a revenge film even inside the same movie itself, you have one of the main characters say, hey, if this is about getting revenge, I'm out. And the other character says, no, this is not about getting revenge. But it ended up being about getting revenge in the end. It's like, well, it doesn't make it that interesting to watch. And it's kind of a bummer. Like you, I wanted, I was hoping to have a, a different, like some, like we already know. And again, this is another thing that in this movie that says that, we are better than men. We don't have to stoop to their level, but that's exactly what you did is stoop to this level to get payback from sending yeah. you to jail. You know, it would have been awesome to say that, you know, it would have been an awesome red herring to know that this is, you know, they try to set him up and it never happened and he was scared or whatever, right? But she didn't have to, she didn't have to kind of close that chapter. I wanted them to write something else. Um, but it just felt like a really cliche moment, you know, and especially to the fact that you have a woman who's like seducing a guy to get like, uh, it just felt way too convenient of it again. And, it's, and it, I was kind of bummed with that. Yeah. And, um, I mean, like one other difference, like Ocean's Eleven does that I think might've benefited from this movie or this movie might've benefited from was in Ocean's Eleven, like, uh, Rusty and Danny, they're talking about like, all right, who are we going to get to do this job? And they talk about roles. They don't talk about, like, I need this name, this person, and stuff. It's like, we need a wheel guy. We need um, we need somebody with chaos. We need a great actor. We need uh, an acrobat. They're not talking about, like, oh, get, uh, get Mindy Kaling's character or get uh, Sarah Paulson's character because we know what they're capable of doing. Well, Sarah so, Paulson's I character think, was like she, I think she had mentioned that I need a she's fence. She's fence. Yeah, yeah, right. I don't know and about I think Mindy. They, do, they really didn't mention, but you learn who they are without them going through that like um, that roll call type mm-hmm. of thing that they do. But that's one thing I always appreciated. Like you get to hear like kind of that lingo of like this uh, these uh, characters and like kind of the world they live in. It builds like this 
uh, underworld that they're a part of that's fun and quirky but also kind of dangerous at the same time. Uh, but you also needed you needed moments like um, like the old gentleman like on, like practicing his his accent in front of the mirror before he goes and be that person at, at the poker table or having um, the brothers of Scott Eastwood and um, and uh, Casey Affleck just start random ass fights with one another and stuff and just causing all sorts of havoc on the casino floor. Um, you needed more moments like that, that you think of like, oh, what the hell is going on here? And then all of a sudden you realize you were actually someone that was distracted while they did the other thing to actually pull the high stuff. Yeah. I think it's going to take some more time. You know, I think when it talks about the plot is just a sense of, you know, taking more time with the character development and those beats, less time on one character and payback story and more time on a bit of failure, but finding ways that women do things better or differently than men can do. So show me that, you know, like show me that way of how they're they they think differently entirely um and that was something going into this movie i was pretty i I was excited to to see and i think they kind of sort of went there because you know they even talked about it like they mentioned it of i don't think any of these guys is going to do anything about fashion right so cool but that's also a bit of a cliche so i was kind of like i i'm with you there but i'm also looking at it it's, it's a bit of a cliche when, uh, and I think we mentioned this before, uh, or I was alluding to it, of the director of this film was a man. And so now I'm like, of course, a group of women is going to steal jewelry. I don't really, like, it's, I, I have a bit of an issue with that. I understand why, and I think that's a big deal of it. But I would have liked to see something a little bit different, more intricate. Um, that's not as sort of cliche of you have... A princess. You have stealing jewelries. You have a, a revenge, bo- uh, a revenge boyfriend sort of story. Um, yeah. And then you have the moment of um, they walk out. And they're gonna have like all their glamour, glamour moments, but realistically, only the only person that had a glamour moment was Rihanna because she was in a dress and she looked great in that dress. But I'm yeah. a guy that says that she looks great in that dress. Now, mind you, women could also say the same thing. But I'm like, yeah, but. That's what is are you, is that just a kind of like more eye candy or should it be other things that we need to kind of focus on there? Um, so you know, I, yeah. I definitely kind of felt it and it's kind of bummed. But so. yeah, and I thought uh, I mean they they kind of did that just because it was the uh, the environment of where they were stealing from. The Met Gala is all about fashion and showing off, and it is about that visual look to a point. Uh, but. Um, it's definitely uh, something that could have been better balanced out. So I feel like this is definitely not as heavy-handed as what they tried to do with Ghostbusters. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this yeah. definitely does it a lot better. But yeah, you, you definitely bring up a good point that there's, there should have been some more care to think about, like, okay, um, if if women were going to plan it, what, were, what are those female skills that they're going to use to actually bring this in. And 
what those are i don't know i'm not the i'm not the right person to make this movie either so. i don't think i don't think either one of us are you know <laughs> we'll 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 ask we'll get some of some people on there but uh you know, we we'll make it on here to exactly. tell us what the movie should have been. Well, it's it's funny. I, I'm excited. I, I talked to her about this movie. She really, really loved this movie a lot. She had a lot of fun with it, and uh, she really wanted to see more movies like this. So I was like, I, me too. I just want to see them be better. But I'm glad that we have this movie. Right? I'm glad that they made this. I may be talking negatively, negatively about this movie, but I just kind of wanted a bit more. You know, I wanted a female director directing this movie. And I would have been interested to see what the big heist will be um, from there, if it's going to be a heist at all, of how intricate or how different that it's going to be, because this seems like a man kind of planned this out, whereas we've already seen that three times, give or take. Uh, but now it's going to be a, a, a way to write a new story, you know. But what other what other things that you want to, uh, what else, we have our anything else sort of section. I'm, I'm interested, I do have a question I want to pose to you, but uh, what other things that you want to talk about? Uh, I would say, like, um, I mean, this movie is definitely beautifully shot, like the inside of the Met, Gal- of the Met um, looked amazing. I definitely want to visit there now. <laughs> um, the Met Gala itself looked awesome. Um, and New York in this area, like, the... The shots they got, I thought these were uh, some definitely better shots. I'm glad they didn't use like stock footage. They actually took the time to just shoot New York in a in a newer way, in a fresher way, which I felt was really nice. Um, I feel like I might understand fashion a little bit more because after this, there's some actually really cool lines and moments that um, that Rose Weil and Anne Hathaway's character have that. I think kind of speak to fashion and what its importance and what its role is that it's not always about like super rich and uh, dressing up in the finest clothes, but like, why do they take so much care and work into like designing for this one person is that um, it's all about inspiration. It's artwork. It's, it's a form. It's thinking about like, how can you accentuate the human body in a certain way, whether it's color or texture in shape and so they don't go super deep in it but there are a couple moments in this film that i'm like okay i can get down with that that's pretty cool i think that's neat i think uh the downfront podcast should be invited to the next Mac gala hey oh let's make it happen i don't we'll, mind we'll just sharp i don't we'll mind i don't good. mind serving food i'll help out as long as i'm there i don't care yeah <laughs> serving food yeah black tie i think it, I, like, table I, mean, seat. I think you had a good point like i just i was just thinking of you know if they would have had a bit more ca- tech technicality um and like really went into like if you're going to do fashion like let's take fashion up to 100 right like talk about the technicalities let's do a montage about building dresses like let's do some stuff of if you're going to go part you might as well kind of go full um yeah. so i thought that would have been kind of pretty cool uh, and I just real I just remember that uh, another thing that I thought was kind of strange of it felt like people were just kind of popping up out of nowhere for a couple of times, um, and in order to them to lure Anne Hathaway's character to have them pick a designer, they got another young actress that we had no <laughs> idea who it was, and it wasn't yeah. until after we see her billboard on the taxi of oh she's famous, and then the next yeah. scene oh Anne Hathaway chooses her I was like what like what is happening here like we need need something in between there it might have been a bit more fun if they used the real names that it was Anne Hathaway playing just the 
<laughs> exaggerated version of Anne Hathaway, and then you have Dakota Fanning. Oh, and man. just go by that. <laughs> was that Dakota Fanning? Yeah. Man, I don't know what she looks like anymore. Well, I think I think it would have been fun. I think I would have been pretty interesting to see like if they like, would like um like personalize like what Hollywood or what you know people think of them and just done that. That would have been pretty funny too. Yeah, and I would say like the other thing like I find myself comparing this to another recent heist film, which is Logan Lucky, which I think just does it much better when it comes to the heist film and. Logan Lucky's done by Steven Soderbergh, so he's kind of a master of the craft, and one of the hardest things you can do with a heist film is just make it fresh, and he finds a way of making it fresh. Like, Logan Lucky has some really good things. It has those moments where things go wrong, where Adam Driver's arm gets sucked into the the money, uh, the money pit and stuff. And, Such a good bit. Um, just figuring out that, um, like, you know what? Like, we stole all this money, but let's leave some behind so uh, they don't really catch on to our tracks. But you even still have the undercover cop at the end that's just chilling in the bar. And it's like, all right, something bad might happen because truly the Logans are not that lucky. <laughs> I like that movie. That movie was fun. I mean, if people haven't yeah. seen that movie, definitely go check that movie out just for the sake of... Um, Daniel Craig's character giving you uh, science lessons. It's so, yep. so good. <laughs> so good. Uh, the last other thing I want to talk about uh, on our anything else section is, do you think Danny Ocean is dead? Hmm. I think they, like the ending scene, just kind of confirms it. And it is and it is like a, it is kind of a touching moment where, like, if you did love the Ocean's films up to this point, um her saying like her kind of i think the last scene is her kind of like just saying all right you haven't shown up yet i guess you are dead and it's it is a definitely like a kind of a touching abrupt moment that they end on that uh this is like confirming like well i did this i hope you're uh i hope you're proud of me and then that's it I, I'm getting a sense more of like a Westworld. Maybe I'm watching too much Westworld and Game of Thrones, but I need to see their their body. I need to see the corpse to confirm that they're dead. Uh, yeah. But I, I I just thought that it was. They're slowly introducing bits and pieces of the story that was uh, like almost hinting at that he may not be dead, uh, and they're not saying you know he's not dead. But it was like you're just like Danny, just like Danny. If Danny would have seen me now, like sort of, sort of lines there and yeah. the introduction to Ruben, and now that we have Yen popping up in the end, and I, I guess to me that it was like she was sitting there, like having she pulls out her little cocktail and sips there and like looks at it and like like drinking the actual drink. And I'm like, I don't. I don't. I think I'm wondering if she's like making this as a play. If somebody's like watching her, or that's something that she has to do. But I wasn't buying it. I don't believe that he's dead. Um, <laughs> I don't believe it. You know, and it'll be, and if and if it's so, and if that means that they're only gonna want to make want to make one movie of this, that'll be you know their loss. I think. I think there needs to be probably a couple more, or at least one or one or two more. But um, I think it'd be cool to see to not have him die. Now, do they have to meet? No, but I think at some point, if you already introduce these characters, they have to kind of meet their counterparts. 
And yeah. I think that's what's going to be fun about it to not only meet their counterparts, but then show that the Ocean's Eight, or yeah, the Ocean's Eight are much better at it. And that's when it's going to be awesome because once you put both of them on stage, and then you see that the Ocean's, the guys' Oceans are going to be like, we should probably let them do the planning, or we should probably have them do that, or we'll just be the grunts or whatever, you know, like giving like giving way to saying that or either some sort of collaboration, but mainly like they are better at planning. I think that's that could be the end game, which would be pretty cool to see. Um, I would disagree with that. I mean, I wouldn't want to see them come in a sequel. It seems like the logical thing to do is like do the big team up or have them try to rob the same place and. Mm. They end up like robbing each other type of thing and be like, oh, wait a minute, who else was here? And they just realize, oh, it's you type of thing, which, um, I mean, that would be funny and stuff, but like, I don't think it'd make for a good movie. I think we need to, if this movie does well, let's, let's think about like, how can you build more on these characters and how these characters shine on their own yeah, and have them make their own like team and make that team stronger. I mean, it'll be cool if they go back and rob, you know, Al Pacino's character again or Andy Garcia's character. I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Just go do, be like, do not again. again. Yeah, exactly. I think that'd be pretty cool. uh, yeah, the last thing I want to talk about before our lasting um, thoughts is, you know, Megan in the uh, she saw this movie, she really enjoyed it, and so she goes after she was like walking out of the theater. She says, "As I'm walking out, a little girl goes, Mommy." Are the other movies like Ocean's Eleven are all boys, huh? And her mom says yes. And the little girl says, well, I like this one better because it's all girls. And Megan started crying. She's like, I really like that. Aww. And I do too. I think that's pretty cool. And I think this movie gives way. It gives a lot of, you know, I think it gives a lot of confidence, right? And it definitely kind of breathes. And I want to make sure that this is like an inspirational movie not to rob people. But I want to make sure this is at least an inspirational movie that you don't need, like, men, right? You don't need to worry about this all you need to do is like have like your own sort of like group and your own confidence to know that you can do this and um more along the lines of going off the line that you know sandra bullock's character debbie ocean says in the movie um so i thought it'd be pretty cool but i'd have a question for that little girls like how do you know this one's better if you haven't seen the others <laughs> no she said i like this one better because it's all girls doesn't mean i that. know but <laughs> but you said she asked her mom are the other ones like this? So that that to me says she hasn't seen the other Ocean's films. You never know. You shut up. You shut up. <laughs> yeah. So going into our lasting thoughts and conclusions, you know, would you have people go watch this movie? And what's some lasting thoughts you have on Ocean's Eight? Uh, yeah. I mean, this is definitely like a nice matinee film to go see. It's it's fun. It's smooth. It moves really fast. Uh, don't expect to for it to rewrite what heist films are all about. Uh, it is definitely way too convenient when it comes to its heist, but there's some um, there's some really fun moments in this movie. And uh, if you're also like the Met Gala and want to like kind of see a little bit of a different environment instead of a casino for a heist film, it's really good for that. Um, but if you are looking for something that's going to be a better heist film or a different heist film logan lucky would be a better choice for that yeah i can see that um yeah i would say definitely go watch this movie i enjoyed this movie uh, more along the lines of a popcorn flick but i think you get a little bit more uh message 
and I like the script in the, um, this movie also. Like none of the like I feel like some of the dialogue sometimes even in the Ocean's Eleven and Twelve and Thirteen was a little cheesy, um, but this movie kind of did a lot with not many other actresses. You know, we got Sandra Bullock, we got Kate Blanchett and Anne Hathaway, uh, but other than that, it's like Sarah Paulson. You know, kind of sorta, but there's a lot of people who didn't really have step into the limelight so i like the i like the ability for them to kind of create something and i like the ability for them to say that you know we can go and make this movie and although people are going to compare it to um you know another movie that has nothing to do with it like i don't give a shit i want to make this movie anyway so good on you yeah and what is it the young kids say uh keep on slaying rihanna is that what it is <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I guess I'm a, I'm a young kid. If I'm a young girl, sure. Sure, she says that. <laughs> yeah, she says that. All right. And with that, we are the Down in Front Podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us for our review of Ocean's 8. Brylan, where can we find more of your work? Uh, you can find me uh, wearing my finest on Twitter at Brylan, B-R-I-L-U-N-D. Uh, you can also find me posting many movie reviews on Instagram at I am Bryland. And I am the host of the Gamescast. That's twitch.tv slash downfrontpodcast. We're going to start back up very soon. Just got to find the time to do it. I mean, that's always exciting. I'm pre- pretty pumped to kind of check in and watch that. I would say those times are very, very soothing to watch you guys play video games. It's pretty cool for me. Um, definitely check out more of our work. You know, we are the Down in Front Podcast. Rate us on iTunes on Down in Front Podcast. Um, check out our website, downinfrontpodcast.com, where we have, like, you know, our video uh, teasers along with our music and all of our links for all of our other works. Um, and you have a, uh, you have the game cast information on there. We have the friends with blends hashtag sip to that. So we talk about some stuff on there. So definitely go check out our work there. Find us on Twitter at underscore DIFP. That's underscore DIFP as well as Facebook, facebook.com slash down in podcast. And for the low, low price of the prices on the can, I mean, Mylon, the price is on the can, right? It is. I yeah. mean, I can, I can even show you right there. Boom. It's just 99 cents. 99 cents. Definitely become a patron. That's going to be helpful to helping us out for, you know, diverting any sort of costs and fees and anything else that we have like that. That's always, like, super, super helpful. Patreon.com slash Down the Front Podcast is going to be helpful. Uh, and thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Uh, definitely stay tuned. Uh, we're going to be get, looking to review, I think, The Incredibles next. I'm super excited to talk about that and disagree with Brylin and a lot of things. So I'm always uh, pumped to hang out with you and so we will say so long farewell go rob the met gala i guess we can rob the met gala okay or saying goodbye avita saying and go rob the met gala that's what it means that's what it means and goodbye (laughs) i better say get drunk avita say get drunk (laughs) 